Hello, thank you so much for joining us today at the cafe. Before we begin, we wanted to give a trigger warning. There are topics discussed in this episode, including human trafficking and um, emotional manipulation and sexual abuse. Nothing explicit, but the topics are touched on a couple of times throughout the episode. So if this is a topic that is triggering to you, please uh, skip this episode or at least skip the middle 10 minutes of this episode. Thank you. Hey there, listener. You finally made it back, and do we have quite the lineup for you. First up, you will be able to catch up with your favorite hosts, Christina and Kristen. Followed by a wonderful in-depth discussion on manipulation and entertainment. And be sure to stay tuned for philosophical perspective right here on Cafe Discourse, where nothing on the menu is sacred, but everything is in good taste. You ready? You're supposed to introduce yourself by name. <laughs> My name is Christina. And I'm sober. I'm I'm probably sober, and my name is Kristen, your other host. <laughs> <laughs> so not welcome my fault, to listener. the podcast. What are you What are you drinking today? It's a wine. It's Running Duck red wine, and in a bottle of Nestle Pure Life. <laughs> Very nice, very nice. I don't currently have a beverage in front of me, so I will probably be stepping away to gather myself some water shortly. Okay. We could get the waiter. I'm, I'm being I'm a, being boring today. We we got a delivery today of some new fancy coffee, though, and I'm really excited to try that tomorrow. Yay! All, uh, one that's going to be all butterscotchy, and that's the one I'm really excited about. But then another one that we use at work sometimes that I really love. It's the one that we brew for the staff in the in the break room at work, and so that has become one of my favorite coffees. And I made Chris order it. Well, see, that sounds like a great day right there. Yeah, so I'm excited for tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a good time. Also, I got a new cell phone today because um, I dropped my water bottle on top of my cell phone yesterday and uh, broke the screen completely. So the screen just uh, ceased functioning. That is so cute, though. Like, you didn't just drop it on the floor. You're like, not water bottle to the face. Yep. I dropped my my 32-ounce hydro flask, which I had just finished filling. Um directly on the screen as it sat on my stand and my co-worker and I who my co-worker watched this happen he and I both looked at the phone and went I'm really impressed that that didn't break the screen because of the way that it hit it we both thought this glass was going to be yep. shattered and I was like nope nope it did break the screen sure did <sighs> well how's your day been that's that's been my last 24 hours today's been weird but like I'm getting a lot of commissions all of a sudden for writing, because I'm a writer, dear listener, if you didn't know. You can find me on Fiverr. Uh, Probably should plug myself there. I do characters for people, and I've had 12 characters in the last 48 hours, and I only have four more left to go to get these done by Tuesday. It's going to happen. 
tonight. I'm going to get it done so that they have time to read it. And if they need it revised, I can revise it tomorrow and get it to them by the due date. Crazy week. Me too. I believe it. The first client was the first time I've worked with them. do it. So that was, they wanted characters for a, a British comedy script. And I was like, okay, cool. Whatever. And the second person was another <laughs> wonderful human being I've worked with before. Who's just like, I need some perspective on characters who think differently than I do. Can you help me? As always. I'm like, yeah, I'm on that. Can do that. My rates are fair, if anybody is interested. <laughs> My characters are dynamic and fun. Festive. Festive, huh? Yeah. The festive, the festive characters. Okay. So today we wanted to talk about the wild and wooly world of entertainment. And more specifically, the manipulation the social manipulation that tends to be found there. So Kristen, this I believe was your topic this week. Would you like to start us off on whatever kind of mental tangent you would like to take us in? Yeah, sure. With uh, entertainment and the topic of manipulation, and we've touched on manipulation before, with that topic there's kind of two roads I primarily see going down. One is the topic of individual emotional manipulation and just kind of the social contract between entertainer and entertainee and the way that the entertainee will place a lot of emotional control in the hands of the entertainer and that kind of social dynamic that we have established in culture for thousands of years, the storyteller and the listener. The other direction that I see us going down with this topic is that of using entertainment to change people's perspective on things, to influence people on things, to educate people or to manipulate people into specific kinds of actions with some kind of agenda or other. And the first and like most prominent thing that stands out to me is, is, is political topics. So those, those are the two main directions that I see us going down. I primarily wanted to talk more about the social contract elements of um, manipulation in, in entertainment. But if there's something that you really want to dive into on the other path, that's absolutely something that we can do as well. Which, which way are you leaning? I am leaning wherever you want to go. I like the topic completely. And I can... I mean, it, it, just in case you don't know, listener, I used to be a, a professional entertainer. Like, that was literally one of the jobs I do along with writing and everything else. Which I guess as a writer makes me an entertainer too, to some extent. So yeah, I mean, whatever you want to talk about, I am the dreaded manipulator for whom you may, may hate or love. How dare you! I know, right? Sure. I get on stage and I make you feel emotions and feelings. And hey, as an entertainer, I'd love to just talk about that. Sure. So I love your topic. You go, you start, you get this rolling, and I'll just, I'll jump on this ball with you, girl. We'll just keep going until we dare. <laughs> I'm going to take another sip of my wine. <laughs> Run and Duck is great, guys, because they don't put pesticides on anything. They just put ducks out in the field, and they eat all the bugs, and then you get to drink the stuff. Yep, you do. Once it ferments. I'm sorry. <laughs> take it away. Let's get this going. I'm ready. Well, I personally have had a few different interactions with um, entertainment, you know, as as most people have. And I find myself very emotionally taxed or mentally taxed by new media. Whenever, like, 
I still haven't watched any of that WandaVision show just because to me the idea of tackling it and observing it and being a part of that narrative and watching it happen is emotionally taxing to me. So I'm a person who like has to reserve back my my entertainment energy for for things that I I feel like I can engage with in a in a given moment. So I'm a, I'm a little bit frustrating to my husband who would rather watch a new thing every day, a new movie, a new show, new content, get new story. I will watch the same TV show over and over and over again. I've watched through every Star Trek series at least five times personally. I can name episodes and quote them and I can quote bloopers from them from the DVDs from my childhood. And there's something to me about the reliability of the story and the connections and emotional like the emotional connection I have with the characters and the story as it stands that is comforting to me. Yeah. And going into new story content is very hard for me if it's not like a Marvel movie or something like that where I know that I'm going to expect some goofy, lighthearted, some action, some some touching moments, that one emotionally pivotal scene like, there's a format to that kind of movie that I'm like, oh, I'll go watch the new Marvel movie. Sure, chill, let's go. But like, I don't want to go watch The Revenant because I'm intimidated by the emotional energy that this film is going to cost from me. Mm. So that's, that is the background that I'm coming from as someone who obviously has taken on a role of entertainer in, in multiple podcasts, I'm even playing a D&D, I'm on a D&D podcast that's a live play podcast right now where I play a bard who is an entertaining character, who is the entertainer, and he plays the lute and, and has sex with people, and it's a good time. But um, we... Because sex is the highest form of entertainment. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And so we have all of these different kind of roles that I fill that are roles as an entertainer where my goal is always to bring entertainment to the table as an offering for someone to come take part like to to to, to observe as opposed to like I don't know walk away changed by I, I don't know I don't know what I don't come to entertainment with this goal of changing somebody or impacting somebody so much as I just want to amuse somebody which, yeah, I mean, the points of entertainment, persuade, to entertain, to inform. Yeah. I mean, so it makes a lot of sense. Would you say you're just comfortable coming to the familiar? I think that there's a certain amount of it that is that. Like, but there are, there have been so many times where I started to watch a movie that I'd been hesitant to watch or something. Like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like that one. Doesn't seem like my vibe. Doesn't seem like something that seems like something that's going to be emotionally taxing to me or just be a waste of my time. Like that I won't emotionally engage in it and I just wasted two hours of my life. And when I, there have been times where I came into a situation like that, watched the film or the show and came out the other side going, that was such a good show and I'm so glad I spent my time on that and I'm so glad that I had that emotional investment because I now feel like a richer person because of this emotional connection that I've made to a new story. 
And like recently I just finished reading a book that I felt the same way about going into when I Chris tried to get me to read it. He told me about it. He's like, you're going to love it. I was like, nah, I'm not going to waste the 40 hours it's going to take me to read that book. Exaggeration. But it's not gonna, I'm not going to waste the time trying to read that book that I don't want to emotionally engage with. Finally read it, adored it, am like now telling everybody that they need to read it. And it's it's become like a, a touchstone for me of something that I have as, that has enriched me. Um, so there's a certain amount of just like the, the, the fear of costing me emotional energy that I come into entertainment with. Um, but with that said, like the main point would be to talk about manipulation and manipulation and and the kind of social contract of coming into an, an entertain an entertainment space and saying hi entertain me give me give me your content and i want to receive from that and allowing someone that opportunity to present the story or the activity or whatever that they want to do and engage with that emotionally as the recipient. Like that's that that's intimidating to me to go in as the recipient receiving from somebody else. I do not enjoy stage productions. What? For what? Like, like theatrical stage productions. I do not enjoy nope, that's fine. being able to see that the person that is emotionally engaging with me as the audience is a person in front of me. Like there is something so difficult for me to connect with on that level, especially when it's people that I know, like where I'm watching theater with people that I know in it. Like that's very difficult for me. Note to self, never invite Kristen to one of my plays. Okay, keep it's it's very difficult for me but like i will sit and have hours and hours of conversations with someone just listening to someone tell me their stories because the emotional connection is there with a person as a friend as opposed to a person mm. as a performer yeah which it, it does bring into the interesting concept of like cuz you're using the word manipulation and like the idea of coming to an entertainer and feeling like yeah i'm giving this person permission to play with my emotions in a way that makes me feel, think, or even act a certain way. And there is a level of vulnerability that is offered up when we engage with a piece of entertainment. Whether it's a book, a video game, music, we are to some extent lending ourselves to the world and the perspective of its author and designer or creator, composer, whatever word I need there. That does put us in a place of just, yeah, at the hands and the mercy of someone. Though I do have to always bring up the death of the author. There is always the interpretation. The listener, reader, viewer, audience can have their own interpretations of what they think the entertainer is doing, saying, or presenting. Which is something that I am a firm believer in, and I actually shocked multiple of my English professors in college because they're like, you're a writer, Kristen. And I was like, yeah, but the author is dead. Like, I get just as much... If I write a poem and I write it with an intention, I will never share that intention with the first few people I share that poem with because I want to see what they got out of it as the audience. And I have had some very revealing things come up where like I gave someone a poem. I was like, here, I'd love for you to read this poem. And then they respond to me like, 
yo, should have warned me that you were going to send me a poem about suicide. That wasn't really cool. And I'm like, wasn't supposed to be a poem about suicide. It was just supposed to be about a relationship. (laughs) Um, Now I need to think about that relationship a little bit more. Um, I mean. Wow. Yep. And, like, that has been some of the most revealing things to me of having other people read my work without my my say in it and hearing what they saw yeah. in it. That has been, that has been like, and I'm a firm believer that, like, the audience has a say in, in the interpretation of meaning, meaning that the author does not get to dictate and the author has to let go. Like, the author can say, no, Dumbledore's gay, but, like, it's also not in the text, so the audience can bring whatever they want to that <clears throat> character as they're presented in the text, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. Do you hate it when someone runs and like, yeah, my character's gay, and you're just like, yeah, you're a liar. If you really believe that in your character, you've written it in there. And also, I mean... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been able to see it in yeah, the text. Yeah, I mean, as an entertainer and a writer, can't say I'm much of a song composer, though I'd like to pretend that I am some sphere of magic somewhere look at me do this i mean obviously i'm bringing what i i want to a table is there manipulation in art i don't know if manipulation is the correct term per se manipulation being i am trying to persuade you not necessarily by force i don't want to say force i'm trying to put upon you thoughts, feelings, ideas that you otherwise wouldn't have had to try to get you to take actions you otherwise wouldn't have. I mean, manipulation, I guess, is forcing people, but it's not really forcing them because you could just not fall for my manipulation. It's not like I'm going to grab you and say, this piece of entertainment I was doing was supposed to make you want to drink Coca-Cola. I'm going to force a Coke down your throat. No, it's, you know, I happen to drink a Coke during this movie as an ad placement, and I'm hoping, you know, maybe you'll go out and buy a Coke because I'm so cool and you watched me drink it. Which is advertisement, which I consider a part of entertainment. Um, I mean, I feel like advertisement has a huge, like... Yeah, and maybe we should not talk about advertisement, per se, because it's huge. Yeah, I feel like advertisement has its own episode or two. I do consider it entertainment, (laughs) though, very much. So... Well, especially at the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's true. That and even, like, news media as well, which we can talk about that over there and let's go ahead and push propaganda over there too because even though it's not like entertainment entertainment it is entertaining for a lot of people so all that over there get over there darker side of entertainment (laughs) i mean there was it's said a lot of ways a lot of people look at entertainers and the things we're doing up there and it's like anybody who presents something obviously either has a bias an agenda a message that they're trying to convey which isn't to some extent true I wouldn't be up there trying to get your attention in whatever fashion I am unless there was something I was trying to do with it. Sometimes, yes, it's just trying to get you to give me money. Like when I'm at the Renaissance Festival and we're doing stage combat. Yeah, we're telling a story, but we could really care less if you hear the story at all. You just want to see us punch at each other and swing sticks and swords around because it's cool. And then you give us tips afterward. I'll be honest with you. I like doing it because it's fun. I enjoy it. It makes other people happy. That's all I want to see you guys do. And yeah, the money's kind of cool afterward, you know? You get $300 for a show, you feel pretty good about yourself. You know, you get to go buy an ice cream, you know, or clothes, (laughs) or pay your rent, or whatever you need to do. After doing several shows for a whole season, because obviously I can't live off of just $300, but y'all get it. 
But yeah, or when I used to work as an animal trainer and entertainer, I mean, the audience wants to see puppies jump through hoops and they want to see cats weaving through our legs and climbing up poles and doing all this fun stuff. They want to see me get this parrot to fly from Mark A to Mark B, squawk, pull a little rope and release like rats to run across the stage. That's what people want to see. I mean, it's entertaining. You're having fun. There's not really anything deep to it. But in the middle of all of that, we tell you, hey, guess what? All of the animals you've just seen here today were adopted from local animal shelters. These are rescue animals. These aren't purebred anythings. They're not special dogs and cats. These are animals that were surrendered by their owners or who were left on the street or whatever. And look what we've done with them. We try to encourage people to go out and adopt animals. Yeah, there was something to it. Am I manipulating you? I'm putting ideas in your head. Yes, I'm putting ideas in your head that animals are pretty cool. You should give to them. And I'm putting ideas in your head that I'm pretty cool. Look at me fight with this quarterstaff. Give me money. I mean, are those, is that bad manipulation? Maybe. When you have a movie or a book or something that's a lot more engaging, like when I'm writing my novel, for instance, it's got messages in it. And I would love for the audience to pick up on that. If they don't get it, they don't get it. And there is a reason I'm writing my novel. I'm not going to ruin it here because, you know, this is not the time or the place for it. Guys, when my novel's done, I will definitely give it a shout out (laughs) and y'all can go find it. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'm trying to manipulate my reader so much as I'm just trying to be like, here are some ideas you may not have considered from this perspective yet. Give it a read. See what you think. And I hope, through reading what I've written, you come to the idea that, yes, all ideas should be challenged and that the main character made the right choice in finally standing up to the issues that are presented in the book. But if that's not the conclusion you come to, I wouldn't consider the book a complete failure, if that makes sense. And as your entertainer, as a writer, I never want to make you, force you to feel the thoughts and feelings I had while making my book. I want to invite you to come and feel the thoughts and feelings I've had. But I can't say that that's true of all entertainment, obviously. Not every entertainer is out there inviting you to play. Some of them are, yes, trying to get you to think and feel and be in certain ways. And I'd call them more manipulative than those of us who are out here entertaining for your pleasure or your enlightenment or your education. With that said, though, you also do to a certain extent when someone comes into the audience, they are agreeing to that social contract of like, hey, you are you are the king right now as as we received an email from nathan after our second episode he had said you know if i'm on stage and you're in the audience you've agreed that i'm a monarch for this moment Mm. which does work if that's the arrangement you have i have also done street performances they didn't know they were going to be there they didn't agree to me being out there doing what i was doing either so If you just sit down and start playing a cajon and somebody next to you plays a trumpet and you're just like, we're doing it. That's why I'd like to pretend I'm a musician. Yeah, sometimes people just stop and like, that's beautiful. I wasn't expecting to hear that coming out of the train station from foreigners. Of course, there was Hmm. manipulation in that. What we were doing was definitely manipulative. That's a different conversation. But I will say this. We were trying to get people to research us, look us up and get invested in what we were doing. So yeah, we were out there trying to sell ourselves more than just entertain. So yeah, but I mean, nobody agreed to that. So you can't always say that entertainment is an agreement. 
but it probably is there's also like so much entertainment that you can get from other things just like from from for example my nephew entertains me all the time without intending to just by being a seven-year-old in the world today but i wouldn't call that necessarily an entertainer it's not someone who i mean yeah they're trying to make you happy but it's not like your nephew was sitting down saying i'm going to craft and construct for the expressed purpose of making my aunt laugh a, a complete project and piece of work that I shall consider my magnum opus. Like, I don't think... When someone just makes an offhanded joke, sure, the joke was entertaining, but you wouldn't necessarily call that person an entertainer by profession. It's, I, I wouldn't consider it manipulative, <laughs> even if someone is manipulating you with jokes. I mean, you're... Though there was a time that the, the seven-year-old, who at the time was four or five, was in the backseat of my car and I was driving, and he goes, Auntie, what makes you laugh? And I said, when you laugh, buddy, and he goes, then I'm going to start laughing and never stop so that you have to keep laughing forever. And just started laughing, just (laughs) 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 all the way home. And so because I just told him that what makes me laugh was him laughing, I had to laugh the whole way home. Were you entertained? I was entertained. Are you not entertained? <laughs> like, listen, I was trying to be sweet with what I said, and I understand you're trying to be loving with what you're doing. I'm going to need you to stop. Stop. <laughs> Next time, you gotta you got to be smart about that. So you know what makes me happy? When you play the quiet game. When you win the quiet game. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. No, you probably loved his laughter all the way home. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, they're entertaining people. Again, I wouldn't say that just because you had the purpose of making someone laugh or be happy, that that automatically makes you a an entertainer type deal. I mean, yes, you're entertaining. And, I mean, if I start juggling right now, I mean, does that make me automatically I'm an entertainer? Or was I just kind of entertaining myself and you happen to be watching? Woohoo. Versus if I throw down a hat and start juggling on the street corner being like, yes, everybody, this is purposefully happening out here because I'm trying to entertain you. Like, I'm seeking out to do this. But, whatever, I guess that's kind of mincing the words there. I think with entertainment, I want to make it very clear with entertainers, all of us, that no human being is able to communicate outside of their perspective. And that, of course, includes performers. Everyone sees something a certain way, and they're going to bring that to what they are presenting you. All creators are working to construct their final product. There's nothing that is happening in entertainment that wasn't there by design. This is not just, you know, a tree growing outside. Okay, there's a lot of random factors that went into that tree growing there, from the wind blowing the seed over to it getting enough sunshine and all that good jazz. No, this isn't that. This is somebody who sat down and said, I am going to purpose to create something. And the thing I create, I have a purpose for it that I understand I can't always control, but there is a direction I'm heading in with this. Here I go. That can be difficult, like you said, for you to engage that. I think there can be a lot of people who Mm. do struggle when they come to this place, because when you speak with somebody who's entertaining, 
it's hard to divorce the idea in your head that everybody is trying to push an agenda. I think that's what makes the connection between entertainers and audience members broken at times. I think especially right now in our, our political climate and our social issues and stuff going on, a lot of people watch media and they're just like, ooh, here's a good one. Blues Clues. Blues Clues. Recently, they did the alphabet song in which the letter P was colored with the pride flag and they had a bunch of other flags around it to represent the LGBT plus community. Some people were upset with that saying, oh my goodness, it's pushing an agenda. Other people are like, it is Blues Clues and they are, you know, just including everybody here because Blue loves everybody and doesn't have problems with that. It's a show about learning how to do, I guess, logical thinking. I guess that's what the show's about. You know, you have certain clues, you put them together and it creates something. That's the point of that show. But yeah, they're being inclusive. People feel like, oh my goodness, that entertainer, they had a whole agenda behind that. They're being inclusive. Yes, that was part of what they're doing here. Do you feel cheated by your media because that was there? If you happen to be against the LGBT plus community? But, you know, you can see where people are like, well, oh my goodness, everything comes with that in it. I saw it here, it's in everything. Versus another show like, we're going to stick with Nickelodeon PBS kids shows and stuff. Let's go with Dora the Explorer. Again, the point of the show is to teach kids about... I guess cognitive thinking skills, that's what I want to say. Connecting clues to get places, use a map, things like that. Is there an agenda to get to your child in that? I don't think so. But if you think there is, of course you're going to emotionally detach from that kind of entertainment and get upset. Mm -hmm. Watch an adult show, and maybe they say something like, or they have a scene or actors that you don't approve of. You're like, are they making a statement by having those actors there? Are they making a statement by not casting certain minority groups or certain people here? Is there something being said? And I think a lot of people get caught up in the subtext in entertainment that they actually miss the the real point of what the entertainer was trying to present. Where did media lose its ability to reach its audience was when people started being like, let's look at the subtext and the creating of that product instead of the product itself. Which I'm not saying is a bad thing. Some of that does need to happen. But I do wonder if that's where a lot of the feelings of manipulation in entertainment come from. Does that make sense? I think so. The intention of the entertainer can can play a big part in it. And there are times when that intention is not presented for the audience. Hmm. I'm thinking of a specific... There was an event that I went to, uh, my college had some kind of event that some department would had put on off campus and I went to this event because it was supposed to be like a bunch of my friends were involved in this event and I don't even remember what it was called but it was just an event it was a thing there was going to be booths and there was going to be speaker and there was going to be music and I went to this event so I showed up at the event with a friend of mine and walk in walk around some of the booths and the speaker started speaking and stuff like that The whole thing was an event to raise awareness of human trafficking. Now, that is a noble goal, a noble cause. I was sold this event as an entertaining evening. Mm. 
where there was going to be music and a fun speaker and some fun booths where I could get some swag and things like that. I was not mentally or emotionally prepared for a triggering topic for me personally uh. of of sexual exploitation and human trafficking. I was not in any way prepared for this and I had to leave the event almost immediately as soon as the speaker started talking because for me this was an event that just set me into a very depressive spiral because I wasn't prepared for it because it was not sold to me as an event to raise awareness for this. If it had been, I would have been able to prepare myself to go support this cause that I believe in of stopping human trafficking. But because it was sold to me as entertainment, when I got there, the message, which I is a message I even agree with and support, still hit me in the wrong spot at the wrong time and, and made me walk out of there feeling manipulated and lied to and betrayed by an idea that I support <laughs> because of the way that people presented it to me as opposed to what it was they were actually trying to do. For full clarification, I want to support the ending of any kind of human yeah. trafficking. Period. I want to support organizations that are working towards that effort. Mm -hmm. Period. Heads up would be nice. Do I think that anyone should ever be invited to a fun event and have it turn into a, a conversation about the damages of sexual human trafficking? No, I don't think that that's ever the right way to go about that. The good old bait and switch. Now, if there is some controversial Netflix film that comes out about it, and it becomes widely known that it's this controversial film because of this topic, people are going to go into that with that knowledge, and if they watch it, they're going to know. But if you tell me I'm going to a fun night with music and a cool speaker and I'm going to get some cool swag and it ends up being a topic that I'm not mentally prepared for, I'm going to feel betrayed by people who support the topic mm. as much as by the like individuals who invited me to this not knowing yeah. what it was going to be or whatever. And that that's a good point to point out. <laughs> uh, but yes, hidden messages in media, they do exist. Because like I said, not every entertainer is out there being honest and upfront with what they're trying to do. Like I said, when I, we were on the street trying to get people to get money, I felt like that was a hidden agenda, and I, I didn't like that mm -hmm. we played music for that. Going to an event where they're like, hey, this is totally going to be fun, and you should invite all your friends, and it's going to be great, and we're going to have this wonderful speaker, and they're going to totally enlighten your world, and you're going, yeah, I'm going to go to this event, they're going to have one of those you-can-do-anything-you-want speeches, and you get there, hello, children. Let me tell you about how children are being horribly mistreated around the world. And graphic images. You're like, okay, no. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can see where they're, where those kind of things you do need to watch out for in media. And sometimes they're not that glaring. Sometimes there are messages that are, I don't want to say subliminal. They're not subliminal messages. But they are very much not pointed out until you're in the thick of it. And you're like, oh, you really are trying to say something here hmm hmm mm -hmm. and even when you do agree with it like you said there's that feeling of you tricked me to get me here and nobody really likes to be tricked no one likes to be lied to duped or fooled into doing anything 
purring. Yeah. Just, I think also there's just a certain delivery method to me that when it does, even even if it's a message I agree with, once it gets crosses the line of being too preachy in its presentation, I'm just like, nope, done. It's too preachy. Yeah. It's one of those things that, you know, you didn't need to have a meeting. You could have said it in an email. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, which is, I get that. It's kind of... Like, cause it's like with our animal show, we were pretty clear. And when you walk in, I mean, the announcer's like, thank you to all the local animal shelters for these animals. Now come and watch it. Like, we're not lying about where these animals come from. Mm-hmm. And it's not like a commercial where in the middle you've got crying puppies and beaten animals <laughs> and this song that's just like, the wings of an angel. And you don't even know if that charity is a good charity or not. All you know is you saw sad crying puppies and suddenly money's coming out of your pocket. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't even research that charity. It turns out like the CEO is pocketing half of the money and the dogs only get 10%. You know, things like that. That's totally different. And that is manipulative and awful. Versus like, yeah, we told you we're going to show you animals do tricks. And yes, we're going to point out that they're rescues. But at no point did we try to make you cry about that. We're trying to inspire you. If you want to go get a dog, go get a dog. And it's totally different when someone says, look, I have made a documentary or I've made a film or I've written a book that is specifically here to tear at your heartstrings and give you perspective on crying, sad, beaten puppies. And you're like, okay, like you said, I am mentally ready for this. At no point is the message hidden from me. I'm going to go because I am against puppies getting beaten. I am also against being shown pictures of beaten puppies in the middle of watching My Little Pony on TV, and you're like, I was not ready. That just jarred me. It brought down my whole mood. I get it, you want the shock value, which, fine, but just understand the shock value is not always going to be appreciated by people. You know? It's like, please stop. It's like the difference, there's, like, I've seen so many charity commercials, and there's some that do it right, and there's some that just do it awful. And I know we weren't going to talk about advertisement, but when it comes to entertainment... How can you not touch on these? There's, It's frustrating to be like, yeah, you are trying to manipulate me, which makes it more difficult when you're engaging in other forms of media to be like, oh my goodness, do I always have to constantly be looking for hidden messages? Sometimes you just want to come home and plop in front of the TV and be entertained. And if you feel like there's hidden messages everywhere, mm-hmm. like you said, you could be like, I don't want to watch anything new. I want to watch what I know for a fact is something I agree with, is something that's not trying to sell something to me or trick me into anything or promote an idea that's just not what I'm ready to hear right now. Even if I agree with it, I'm just not ready for it, you know. But I also treat people the same way. Like, I'd rather just be around the humans that I can rely on to have this particular entertainment value, this particular emotional support level. And uh, I don't want to meet a new human. I don't want to talk to one of those. They're they're unpredictable. I don't know what they are. What No. How much, what emotions is this going to cost me? I like meeting new people. I'm finding that some of the people I've gotten to know are becoming slightly annoying as we get to like, what is it, season three? I'm in my 30s. We'll call it season three of my friendships where I'm like, this is usually the suckiest season. So I'm just trying to hold on till season four for some of these people. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, you are not as advertised or as I expected you to be. You have changed. Talk (laughs) about hidden messages. Yeah, I, I can see that. I do think a lot of the media we engage is often things that we feel like we can relate to. 
I'm very much into that. If you like My Little Pony, read my My Relatable Pony posts over on Equestria Daily. But yeah, I really believe people watch stuff they relate to. Extremely so. Which is also why, if it does start trying to manipulate you, there can feel like this, this moment where you're so connected to a piece of media or to an entertainer or to a song or something that it can have more sway over you. And that could be something you could be scared of. At the same time, do I believe that because you watch or engage something, it's going to change who you are? Of course not. Honestly, entertainment reflects real life. They're putting on TV what we already want to see. That's what's going to sell. And at the end of the day, how much money something makes is what's going to put it up there. If it don't make money, it ain't going up. It doesn't matter if it's charity, a dog jumping through a hoop, or, I don't know, Steven Universe. If it didn't make money, it wouldn't have kept going. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. And I don't think they're actually going to put anything up there they don't think a majority of the audience wants to see. Sorry. And this is why capitalism is ruining America. <laughs> it can be. Because it does make it difficult for those people who ha- have like niche interests to find entertainment that fits them. But that's what fan fiction is for, I figure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a fan fiction writer. Yeah. Go find me, everyone. <laughs> So I think I think we've got enough content for this episode for now. Let's go ahead and and wrap it up. What what is this social contract of entertainment and the abuse of that or what what have you? What does that mean? What's controversial about that? Like what's controversial? Controversial. What about what about the people who are doing that on purpose? Can we can we argue on behalf of using entertainment in a manipulative way as a positive thing oh of course i totally can listen sometimes the audience don't know what's good for them they really don't i mean i don't all the time i love you people but sometimes yeah you do need someone to be like i'm slipping in a message here because it's something you otherwise wouldn't think about um we are going to talk about mr rogers because i studied him again this week because he's a great individual when there were all those racial issues happening, he decided to have a black man come on his show and put his feet in a swimming pool with him. Turns out the black guy was also gay, which was pretty cool. And Mr. Rogers is sitting here saying, I I don't got a problem with that. And everybody loves Mr. Rogers and everybody watched that. And it was really good at helping get rid of racist ideas on a lot of people's minds. That was probably not what a lot of white America would have thought was going to pop up in the middle of a Mr. Rogers episode, you know? Like, would you have expected that? I mean, Mr. Rogers is like everybody's grandpa, period. He's my grandpa, <laughs> he yo grandpa, he he everybody grandpa. And here he is being like, hey, race don't matter. I'll get in a swimming pool with anyone. And just recently, I think that week in the news, it was some white guy pouring acid into a swimming pool where black people were swimming. That's where he got the idea to say, I'm going to do this from. Yeah, that was a message. That was very clear. That was a form of entertainment. It's a children's television show. But by golly, that opened a lot of people's minds to, hey, was there a huge shock value to it? I mean, it's it's two guys putting their feet in a kiddie pool because it's hot. I mean, it shouldn't be that big a statement. But it was a huge Mm -hmm. statement. I do think there is a place where, yes, it's okay to let entertainment come in and begin to invite you to entertain different ideas. 
is it okay for it to shove it down your throat? I think at that point it needs to, you need to come into that agreement. Like we said, you need to know. Like the movie Precious. I don't, I wouldn't just force someone to watch that movie. That's a hard movie to watch. But when I knew what it was about, I chose to watch it. And it's like, yeah, this is, there's a lot here to unpack. And I'm glad I've watched this. Uh, I'm really happy because the scene with the, the, the gay couple adopting her and taking care of her, that was one of the movies that helped me begin to really assess what was wrong with the people in my life who were so against the LGBT plus community. Because, of course, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. I'm like, well, being gay is wrong. But I'm like, I don't really know much about it. And I don't really want to have too hard of an opinion. But yeah, by high school, I'm like, no, I don't. I was like, I don't think God would do this. And by this point, I was like, no. As an adult, I'm like, no, that stuff is cool. Leaving people alone. What is wrong with you that you can hate someone based on sexual orientation? And hey, look, there's biology and science backing up that it's a real thing. Knock it off, guys. And that movie was a step. It wasn't the thing that changed my mind, obviously. But that, among other things helped to push me into a safe space because entertainment's not like there's an actual gay person in the room with me that I have to engage in the conversation where emotions get heated and they know it's me and I know it's them. No. Entertainment, it's safe. It's me and the TV. It's me and an entertainer. There's there's like a protective shield there where we can begin to talk about Mm. something and engage with something without me getting hurt and without them getting hurt. Because, you know, they're just playing a character. I don't know what they really think about anything. I'm not talking to that actor. I'm talking to that character. There's a safety net with big ideas. So I do think it is important that, yes, media says and entertainers say, the things that I value most, I'm going to make certain is seen in my work, in what I create. And there is a level of responsibility on us entertainers that we are promoting the ideas that actually matter and are sustaining our society and moving it forward as opposed to supporting the ideas that hold us back, promote bigotry or hatred or false information. I I do think there's a responsibility on entertainers for what we present, which is why I'm, I'm very particular about the stuff I do. And like, even with my clients, if my client were to ask for something I know is just morally wrong, I'd look at them and say, Hey, look, no, I don't back that idea, and I'm not going to write for you. No, go find someone else. I'll take the hit. Which, it's cool. It's whatever. I don't want to take a hit. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, entertainers. Invite people to play with the right ideas. I really do think it's more of playing, though. That's why they're <laughs> called plays. You're having fun, but you're playing with big ideas. Well, <laughs> listener, I would love to hear your thoughts on entertainment, especially as an entertainer. Go ahead. Rip me a new one. Tell me how horrible a human being I am. Or tell me how great I am. And if you are one of my fans, it's, it's awkward when you ask for autographs. I'm never really sure what I'm supposed to do with that. Or could, I mean, it's cool. It's just I feel so like unworthy and it's weird. Like, that's not why I did stuff. And I don't know if I, I... I'll get used to it, I guess. I mean, don't not ask if you really want it. But like, don't make direct eye contact. I get scared. <laughs> So you can email us at thecafediscourse at gmail.com if you would like to share your thoughts on entertainment and the social contract between entertainer and entertainee, as well as the uh, intentional and unintentional manipulation that that can be used for, as well as sharing various different agendas and things of that nature. Thank you.
Thank you so much for thank you so much for joining us. Bye. Goodbye, dear listener.